Thank you for your service. A movie directed by Jason Hall. Now, Jason also wrote the screenplay for the movie American Sniper. He is our guest for this week's podcast. Jason shares a funny story about how he met Chris Kyle and hooked up with him to uh, get some of that screenplay done. And we talked about the movie itself, what it was like for Jason, and several different topics that affect veterans to include PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and how they were using this movie to help educate people who work for the VA and people who are involved in the mental health when dealing with veterans, and several other topics. Now, if you enjoy this podcast, I'd like to encourage you guys to leave us a review and a rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts if you're listening on your mobile devices. That way, we know that you guys appreciate what we're doing and we'll continue to bring you good content and, and interesting guests week after week. Thank you. special guest on with us uh, for this podcast uh, on with me is my co-host Chantel Taylor I'm the host of the podcast John Hendricks and we are on with Jason Hall and Jason is the director of a film that's coming out very soon called Thank You for Your Service uh, Jason how's it going going well thanks for having me on yeah you know it's 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 a you know it's an honor to have you on here the the film is you know i was able to see the film uh a couple of months ago so i i know everything that it entails and it's you know it's it was incredibly done uh it's you know painted a realistic picture of of what some servicemen and women face upon returning from uh war and you know multiple deployments into a combat zone um but before we talk about the movie, can we just talk about your background, uh, Jason, in, in Hollywood? Sure. Sure. I, uh, I, I guess I started out, I, I, was going to, uh, I was going to a Cal State school. I was going to Cal, Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo up, in, uh, up, up north and um, was doing a little. I directed some theater up there and then I, I wanted to transfer down to USC and couldn't get into the cinema school. So I ended up in the, uh, the theater department and, um, and yeah, I started, uh, I, I found that was not exactly what I wanted to do. And I found a way to sneak into the USC cinema school and, uh, started my career there trying to uh, produce some movies and, and ended up producing a bunch of, um, smaller independent movies and, and, uh, some shorts and whatnot. And, getting my hands, getting my hands, uh, dirty wherever I could. And, 
and yeah, ended up on doing some acting roles on TV and whatnot and started writing to get myself, uh, a foot in the door with, uh, figuring, you know, the scripts I would read were terrible and I couldn't get an audition for them. So I could at least write a terrible script that maybe wasn't as terrible as the one I was reading. Yeah. And, uh, and I'd definitely be able to get an audition for that if I wrote it. So that was my, my rudimentary plan and, and thinking walking into all this, uh, and I got some good advice on taking my time to write the write the first script and not just write you know three decent ones in a year, but take a full year and write a write a great one. And uh, so I did that, and uh, yeah, I got some attention for that, and and wrote another one, and then wrote another one, and and I I you know I had my butt firmly planted in a chair about fourteen to sixteen hours a day for. Uh, for a good five to seven years before I started making a real, um, dent in the, in the business. Right. It's a, it's a, a process that is, I guess it's different for everyone in, in terms of, you know, when you can make an impact. Um, yeah. so you, uh, you know, like you said, you've done several, several films, uh, most recently before this, you were uh, involved in the movie American Sniper. Um, Obviously, yeah. it's it's uh, you know when it came out there was some controversy, but the the film was based on the book American Sniper, written by uh, U.S. Navy SEAL Chris Kyle. Um, it was a, it was a bestseller, you know, and obviously in this country, uh, you know, everything's controversial, but uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, right? it's like you, you yeah. can't avoid it. But um, well, the controversy is you know most of it's nonsense, and uh, right. I I heard about Chris uh, from an investment banker who was trying to raise some money for a security company of his, and I went down and uh, I went down to Texas to meet Chris uh, three months after he got back from his final deployment, and uh, yeah, there was uh, it was it was really interesting. You know, you could feel it on him, and and. Uh, and he was wearing it on his sleeve and, and there was, there was 50 cops there at this big ranch house that were, um, you know, he was entertaining them, teaching them how to shoot, taking them hunting and trying to get their business for a security company that he was starting. And, um, it was, uh, there was no book at that time. And there was just a lot of cops who were kind of, you know, blowing smoke up his butt and, and telling him, you know, trying to get him to tell a bunch of stories about being a Navy SEAL. And he was, uh, he was pretty quiet and he was, he was very humble and, and, uh, but you could tell the guy was going through it. You know, it was very clear to me that this guy was still processing what had, what had happened. And, uh, you know, he left the war zone and, and, uh, it hadn't exactly left him. Um, so I, uh, I didn't know where the story was with him. And, uh, I was just trying to navigate the 50 Texas Rangers that were there and, and trying to survive those guys. <laughs> and, uh, I, I couldn't get Chris to talk to me very well. And, and, uh, I'm, uh, I'm allergic in alcohol, uh, to alcohol. I've, I've, uh, I got this problem where I sometimes break out in handcuffs when I drink it. So <laughs> I don't, I stay away from alcohol for a good <laughs> couple yeah. decades now. Shanto has the same problem. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, so nobody trusted me because I wasn't drinking. They're like, who's this guy in Converse in a hoodie? And he's uh, and he's not drinking. We got to get this guy out of here. And so someone, this SWAT guy was making nasty jokes about me uh, and my masculinity. Uh, so I, uh, 
I, I knew that Chris liked to choke people out. Uh, that was kind of his party trick was he would choke people out and, you know, leave them on the floor. Uh, so, so finally this guy said one too many things and I, uh, I threw him in a, I wrestled in college. So I threw the guy in a Russian headlock, which is like a, a front headlock. And I did a, uh, I did a Greco Roman move on him and took his feet off the ground and, and left him <laughs> on the floor. Uh, and Chris liked that. He, he was like, all right, you're all right, man. I'll talk to you. What do you want to know? <laughs> And that golf commentator Faraday was there as well. Who's a big, uh, he's a big gun freak. He, that guy loves guns. And so he was sitting there. He's the guy that's always off the green. Like, Oh, he looks like he's got a little putt here up into the wind. And, and, uh, <laughs> so I remember him like distinctly remember him commentating the whole thing. Oh, he's got him on the ground there. looks like, Oh, he's going to wet himself. Like it was, <laughs> it was amazing. Um, but yeah, I started this relationship with Chris and I, I, I still didn't know, you know, he was like, Oh, you don't want to tell my story. My story's boring. Why don't you, uh, why don't we tell a story about like a sniper like me goes down into Mexico and takes on the cartels. And I was like, no, man, I, I think we should really tell your story. I think it's probably, uh, a better story than you, you recognize at this point. And, uh, you know, I, I ended up meeting his wife and his kids the next day and I saw, I saw the, uh, the the humanity of this guy and what he what he'd sacrificed in war to uh you know by way of his family to to serve and um and in that i saw a story and uh you know yeah on the way out the door he's like oh by the way i told this guy a bunch of uh he recorded a bunch of my my stories of my deployments and i think there's going to be a book so the uh that was kind of how that all kicked off and then the, the book came out and it was a it was a huge success as you probably recall and um you know, uh, finished the script shortly before Chris was murdered. And I, I told him I'd finished it and he, he laughed and said, he hoped I work again. And, um, I, I got to know him for quite a while and, and watched the guy make his way home. And, uh, and then he was, you know, he was murdered two days after that. And, uh, yeah, it was, it shook, shook all of us that were involved. And, uh, and, uh, you know, it, it turned the story into something, something else. And, and, uh, and yeah, it was picked up and I guess the controversy was, was, uh, was a big part of its success. Um, I, I'm sure still not exactly sure what the controversy was, but, uh, yeah, I guess it, 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 was, it was just like, like stupid shit. Like, um, you know, the, I remember specifically reading an article about, uh, people were like, oh, you know, they're calling it all Iraqi savages, you know, cause there, there's part in the film where you, they refer mm-hmm. to as, you know, we're fighting the savages. But what people don't understand is when you're hunting down guys who kidnap people and, and are like ruthlessly torturing these people, um, whether, and, you know, just, just the kind of things that go on in a place like, uh, you know, Iraq and, um, Ramadi and, and places yeah. like that. Where it's just really on a, a the 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 level of violence is just on a completely different uh, spectrum, you know. And it's like yep. to understand what your what these people are doing to other human beings, you can only really look at it and go, "Man, that is just some savage shit," right? But yep. but then it like you know like everything in this country is a is controversial. So someone reads that, you know, someone who's never never been there and never had to deal with these type of threats and, and they're, you know, they cause a whole kind of shitstorm over it. Um, and, uh, yeah, and yeah. I, I know Chantel can allude to some of that. Well, is, um, you know, from 
obviously having done that um that film and it, with it being such a huge success it was a brilliant a brilliant film to watch um how did that sort of lend itself to what this project you know did you feel like you'd already had a really good insight into um you know the soul of a a warrior so to speak you know even even though from very different backgrounds they, they you know the suffer the suffering is very although it's it's, it's different there's different aspects to it yeah. but the process yeah. is the same you've you've it's either going to it's going to come out at some stage it's just different in different people that's right and uh and it comes out differently in guys that were uh went through that selection process and and yeah. as as you guys i'm sure know it's you know that that's a mental thing it's uh that selection process boils down to something that's less physical than it is mental and who can who can compartmentalize pain and and uh you know who, who can process that stuff uh and and Chris and the, all those guys who are in the uh, special forces are are very good at that. Uh, but yeah, this was a. I thought that this would lend itself to thank you for your service. I thought that it would it would, um, you know, I could walk right into that and would have a head start. But that wasn't really the case. In many ways, these guys come from such different places. They they fought a very different war. Uh, they were trained differently and and. Um, uh, or not much at all. And, you know, this was, uh, this was a very, very, uh, different experience that they had. Uh, we were rushing guys into, uh, into the war in 2007. Um, there were reports of some guys getting there as fast as, um, as fast as I think three months. Uh, I heard a story about a guy who said he, he signed up and he was in war in, in country in three months. Yeah. And, uh, that's, and that was that's, like part of the emergency too. Yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah. very urgent, and and you know we dropped the um, dropped the requirements. A bunch of uh, I think nineteen uh, percent got in on waivers in two thousand seven. Uh, so they, those were people that had some trouble with the law and or um, or some some psychological stuff going on. My I had a brother in law who got in on waivers uh, around that time, who uh, had been arrested for some knucklehead stuff he did in in junior high. And he had to get a waiver to get in. Uh, but, you know, what I found was that these guys had fought a very different war. And so I couldn't bring the same mentality, the same, um, the same, the same jokes, the same, the same sort of, you know, I couldn't approach it in the same way. I had to avail myself to them and to their experience. And I had to, um, I had to slow down and, and recognize that this was a different war that these guys fought and it, and it deserved, um, it deserved a reset button and, and me to, me to, you know, check everything I thought I knew at the door and to relearn it all again, uh, from their point of view. And I think that that's what I was, I was proud of about sniper was that I, I told the story from his point of view. And this was, you know, based on his, his, uh, his principles that he was in, that were instilled in him as a young man and, and how that made him make his choices and, and, and et cetera, et cetera. And so I did that. I, I was able to sort of step back and reset and uh, walk into this and, and acknowledge with everybody involved that I didn't know, I didn't know who they were or what they had been through, and um, and we were going to start over. Uh, but but I did, you know, what I did have in was was David Finkel's book, which, as you know, David went into uh, Iraq with the two sixteen. He followed them for nine months, ten months, um, rode around with them, got got hit with them and did everything and wrote the good soldiers. And then he followed a selective group of them who were suffering from, um, 
from trauma and, and TBI back into back home and, and into their lives here. And he lived with them and did the same thing for 10 months back home and wrote, thank you for your service. So, uh, I had that as a Bible, but, uh, but it was up to me to sort of forge these relationships, start over with them, uh, discover where they were now since the publication of the book and, um, and, uh, just get the, just sort of get the essence and, and purpose of, of, who they were and, and what they wanted as, as people and, and try and find a way to craft that into a story. Yeah. And Adam, Adam said he found it quite, cause obviously we asked the question of how, how it was when he actually, he watched the film himself and he said, you know, he found it quite cathartic. So he, you know, it's, it's helped him, but then also he went through moments um, where potentially he might've felt he might've been embarrassed, which, and, and I get that, but you, you almost you so want to say to him, there's absolutely nothing. There's no embarrassment about um, having to process coming home after fighting, fighting yeah. in a war. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. And he, um, I, I keep saying, uh, for all the um, heroism he displayed over there, I found it equally heroic for him to come home and avail himself to this inquisitive reporter and really open himself up to everything that was going on inside of him and allow this guy to follow him into some of his uh, his darkest, most trying, challenging times. Yeah, because some people are, are not sympathetic, you know, and that's and I think that's the world we live in is because of the sort of the modern age of you know, the Internet and people can just say stuff and leave it out there. Right. That's that can be I, I actually personally would find that more frightening than being in a war zone because you've you've almost got a definitive enemy. Whereas if you think you've you've you sort of bared your soul and and I mean it looks fantastic and I'm sure that people like that will be in the minimum but you you all you always seem to get that you know they kind of it's almost the little sort of troll gang you know that, that kind of right. say those things but hopefully he by that point will be so successful he'll be so far removed from it. Well, yeah, I, mean, I, I think you know dealing with what they went through and you know the you know like you were you were talking about Jason the difference between you know, a SEAL platoon and a, you know, Army infantry unit, uh, you know, the the length of the deployments are different. Uh, the operations they're running are different. So, you know, like you said, it is a different experience. Um, but, you know, I, I think you hit it on the head when you talk about how it, it is heroic uh, to open up about these things because, you know, the word hero gets thrown around, I think, easily in today's society. But when you talk about... Uh, you know, a human being having gone through that level of trauma of uh, war fighting and really getting their bells rung uh, from these these blasts, from these IEDs, from the, uh, you know, gunfights, um, to open up and talk about that. You know, you're we're now able to enter a window of, of, of the human brain that, you know, either hasn't been entered before or it hasn't been told on a massive scale yet. Where you know it's the the public can now access this information. You know we now this is something that can be dissected by uh, people who deal with psychological issues and and deal with brain damage and and you know try and come up with better solutions on how to deal with these things moving forward. You know. Yeah, well said, man. That uh, that gave me goosebumps. I I think that's exactly it. He's uh, he's enabled us hopefully to turn a corner on this and um, and access this information and and have it be out there in the open. Um, the reaction that I've gotten from guys, you know, early on I started bringing in in guys who had served 
and you know, some of them had served, uh, in, in a different capacity than others. But, uh, the, I got a, uh, a green beret who came in and he said, I watched him through the movie and he was kind of squirming and I thought, oh man, he's bored. And, and, uh, he wasn't bored. He, he was like, it, it, it got inside of him. And, uh, he said right after he said, you know, someone finally told our story. He's like, you, yep. you, you told our story. This is, uh, this is behind the glass wall. And he said, but I'll tell you, that doesn't mean I want my mom to see it. And, uh, and you realize that, uh, that there's still a cost to this for, for, uh, for war fighters that, that they don't want to unburden uh they don't want to they don't want to unburden themselves at the cost of someone else's burden he doesn't want to take off weight out of his pack and put it on on his mom's plate right you know and it's still that that thing to um i'm going to carry this because i don't want to burden everybody else with it is uh is still there and it's um you know i understand that and i i get that and uh I hope that this does enable a conversation and, and allow others to uh, to talk about it and find a way to to find a way to shed some light on all of this. Yeah, Chantel, were you so Chantel wrote a book about her experiences on a her final deployment into Afghanistan. Uh, she was the the senior medic for an infantry company, so you know, very kinetic deployment. Uh, a lot of people mm-hmm. wounded. Um, and, and Chantel dealt with what, what's known as a mass casualty situation where you're dealing with multiple, uh, either KIA or, or wounded. <clears throat> and Chantel, when you put your book out, is that something that you might've experienced or, you know, with your family reading the book and, and learning about what you were doing in Afghanistan? Um, you will, I guess. Yeah, because they, they never, I didn't really tell anybody. And then. When my book came out, the the MOD then kindly announced that I was the first the first British female in history to have killed in combat. So I I personally wasn't expecting that as as of, and then oh. if you sort of add that to the sort of the psychological stuff, I mean I'm I'm sort of in a different place now because this was back in 2011 between 11 and 14. But um yeah right. it is because you, know, you you kind of I put my book out there because I wanted it and it's, it was more about me telling. The infantry story, you know, so I wanted to talk about the stuff they wouldn't talk about as their medic. And a lot of the guys um, in the book said that their parent, their families read the book and it kind of helped them because they didn't have to explain. And so to sort of in in that way, this is, I guess, very similar to to what this film is going to do for people because it just it gives it gives like a snapshot into a life that may be very similar to yours or those, those complex issues that you face, then it's okay. Cause someone else is facing them too. And, yeah. and again, when we all leave the battlefield, it's almost, it's almost like you leave a club that you feel very comfortable with. You know, you're very comfortable around the people that you're, you, and you go through an awful lot together. So it's very easy to be there, but it's not so easy to come away from there. And then maybe trying to start explaining that to your husband, your wife, you know, your reaction to your children. So that's why I think um, so long. It, I mean, I like to think that when I wrote my book, it was it was more about the people that I served alongside. It didn't glamorize war, but it certainly yeah. gave a perspective of of what it's like to, you know, to, to just to just to be in a war zone and to and to feel what it's like to be those sort of near death experiences that and, and maybe convey that to the public. I don't know. But I'm excited. Yeah. To see well, and that's what it. Yeah, that's what a movie does so well too. It's hard. It's hard for you to come back from that 
and sit down across from your husband and explain it, right? Exactly. It's, and in he's never, you're never going to be like as good of a storyteller as you may be. You can never explain it well enough or tell the story well enough that he feels it in the pit of his stomach yeah. and, and he feels it in his skin. And, and, uh, you know, and that's the, that's the magic of a film. Yeah. Cause they might, might think you're a psychopath if you went down yeah. that road. <laughs> but you know, sure. it's, we, um, we recently recorded a podcast with, um, an Australian uh, SAS trooper who received the Victoria Cross, which is the equivalent to the Medal of Honor. And he received it during a battle in Afghanistan, uh, fighting alongside a, uh, an ODA, uh, Army Special Forces Green Berets. And um, one thing that we talked about was, you know, he's telling the story of the battle and, and you can hear it. And, you know, as you're someone's talking about a story, you you kind of zone out and you're trying to visualize what what's going on. Right. But the one thing that you can't get is the sounds, you know, the, the, the oh, vibrations, yeah. the smells, you know, the, the heat. And, um, but, but with the movie though, you can get some of that, you know, the sounds, you, yeah. you can hear people yelling, you, you know, the, the sounds and of the, the bullets cracking over your head, you know? Right. I yeah. I could feel, you know, like, like I said, the trailer's not the longest thing in the world, but for that single snapshot that I watched this morning, you know, I, and I, I don't mind admitting and being embarrassed to say that I shed a tear because I was in a, almost a tiny bit of shock because it mm-hmm. was just, it was it was powerful. So, I mean, if, if you can do that with the trailer. Yeah. That right. That's how the film's going to look. So I'm kind of, I'm half excited and then a tiny bit nervous. <laughs> oh, right, right. No, and, and look, I, I do think it, it, uh, it takes you to that place. It's a very visceral film. And I made every, every attempt to make it as realistic and honest as I possibly could. Um, I tried to remove myself as a director from, from the, the, the visual elements of myself from this. I tried to anything that I felt like was, Ooh, that's a cool shot or that's a cool camera move. I took it out. Um, because I, I don't want people to, to be like, ooh, that's a nice shot, and get taken out of the story. So my, my attempt here was to tell, um, to tell this almost like a journalist with a, with a camera and to, um, and to put the audience in Adam's seat and in the seat of these families who, uh, who are accepting these, these warriors home who they suddenly don't know what happened to, to them beyond that door. The, the extraordinary relationships they had and events that took place in their life beyond that door. And then the soldier steps back in and, and it's, a you know, they're left to unwrap this guy and we're, we're with the guy trying to, uh, trying to wait to trying to find a way to, uh, hold it all together and step back in as a father and a, a husband and, um, you know, a citizen and find, find a job when he's, when he's still unpacking all this stuff. And when's the, when's the official release date? It's uh, it's in a couple of weeks here, October twenty seventh. So, and it's going to, I guess, it's going to be quite close to um, Veterans Day. In- yeah, it'll be shortly before Veterans Day, like yeah. uh, before Veterans Day. And then, yeah, the same for, and, and then in the UK, is it later or? I'm not positive. Do you know when the UK releases? I'll check. But um, we're always in the, we're always we're like the the, the ginger step. Stepchild here. <laughs> <laughs> we have a we have a great ginger in this movie. We have one of your gingers actually. You uh, have this to. actor Joe Cole, who's in oh, the we, film. Do you know Joe? I'm trying to know. I don't. We'll see he's, he's in Peaky Peaky Blinders. Oh, 
Of course he is. They they all are. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I don't think you'll recognize him as a as a Brit in our film because uh, if he ever if he ever uttered the British accent, he was left to do push-ups. We had a uh, we had a, a group of Navy SEALs, a Master Chief Hoffman, who um, oh, who I I, have heard, I, you've heard of him. <laughs> he's a he's a he's a he's a unique unique individual uh he makes he makes yeah vigo mortensen uh look like a boy scout <laughs> and I, I i've read a bit about the cast they all did their boot camp and that sort of stuff which is obviously very important for something like this yeah no it bonded them and gave them a unique way of of looking at each other that was based on on um on their performance in that boot camp and their personality and and what they could do their their skill set uh, rather than uh, what what movies they had seen that the other guy had done you know yeah. and uh, it was shared suffering we tried to give them a little bit of uh, not trauma but but as close as we could get to uh, to a shared incident that that really rattled them yeah because even in like even in the corporate world in this day and age they people actually you know, pay to do that because it does, it does reflect, you know, it's a really, sometimes a really good positive thing for a team to do, to go through hardship together. Yeah. No, it was the best, it was the best thing we could have done for them because they had something to relate to, uh, with each other. And, and look, they hated it. When I got there, they told me it was illegal and, (laughs) um, and they wanted to know if I knew that it was going to happen as if they were going to press charges. Um, (laughs) And I said, of course not. I had no idea they were going to be this intense. None at all. <laughs> uh, but uh, but it's all they, then it's all they talked about, of course. Or, you know, over yeah. the next two months, it's all they talked about. And, uh, and by the end of the two months, they were just like, they kind of, you felt like they wished they could go back to that boot camp as most, uh, you know, as Adam and his friends often wish they could go back to, uh, yeah. back to being over there in Rustamaya. It was, it was a real joy to speak to Adam. He's a really humble, humble bloke. Oh, he's the sweetest, sweetest guy, you yeah, know, nice. and he's just been so, uh, it's been, it's been great to watch him grow and, and, um, and evolve in this process. And, uh, it really affected the way that we made the movie, but it also affected the message of the movie because I found, um, I found there to be so much hope through him and through what I've seen him go through when I, when I started to know him and, and the dark days that he had experienced and, um, to see him become a part of our team as, as a, as a film crew and, and to see it bring life to him and, um, you know, give him a new purpose and, and, uh, new camaraderie with all these guys. Yeah. It's been beautiful. And, um, we put him in the film. He's welcoming himself home on the tarmac. He says, uh, welcome home, Sergeant Schumann to miles. Oh, was and, that uh, him? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. Thought okay. that was a nice touch to, uh, who, was, who I can't, I can't remember if it's, his name's Tim Roth. Who's the guy, Who's like the um, the officer commanding? Who I've only seen. I've obviously only seen the trailer, but when he grips up, oh, Jake Weber, right? Yeah, because he's been. He's he seemed. Um, his part seems pretty. I almost almost already know I'm not going to like him. Yeah, it's a very short part, but it's you know it's kind of one yeah. of those things where he runs into somebody and they they say you know something that. Exactly. Something that these guys kind of say and and say it flippantly and but it has a uh, it has a it stings. Yeah, right. stings. Yeah. So um, so Jason, I know, you know, when you're if I would imagine doing this type of film, and and as well as American Sniper, you want to kind of have a, a bird's eye view or an encompassing view and try and touch 
all the uh, avenues on it. But this um the, this issue that we're facing now with you know the numbers north of 22 veterans a day committing suicide not all the numbers are reported so it's it's certainly higher than 22 um another thing that isn't counted much is the fact that the majority of that number is vietnam veterans it's actually not gwat veterans so um you know the the solution to these issues is really in my opinion it has to be a multifaceted solution so it has to come from media. It has to come from movies. It has to come from uh, doctors, from the you know scientific community. And and I just feel like this movie is gonna push it front and center, and um, you know to the point where this discussion is gonna be forced. You know, and it has to happen. You know, with the and then on top of that, now the discussion is taking place in the NFL about. Uh, brain damage and you know CTE and and all these guys that they're studying their brains after they passed away and all of nearly all of them have uh, traumatic brain injury. Yeah. Um, what going into this film, did you feel a, a a responsibility to tell it exactly how it happened as it relates to the larger picture of of solving this issue of of dealing with brain injuries? Um. Yeah, I think I think that the effort was to tell Adam's story in a very personal way so that it might resonate with every soldier. You know, this isn't just Adam's story. Um, this is a story of, of, you know, a lot of these guys who come home suffering either from trauma or, or TBI. And um, and and, you know, also to to make sure that, like, uh, we're not this isn't every guy's story. Some guys come home and they're fine. Some guys come right. home to, to great jobs and families and, and they walk back into their lives with new leadership skills and, and, uh, and they're, they're good. But, but this isn't that story. This is the story of the ones who struggle and the ones who, uh, you know, end up on that, that, that list as statistics someday. And, and, you know, it's up to us to find a way to, uh, to avert that. And I, I think what you're saying is absolutely right. I think it's going to take a multi multifaceted approach. I, you know, I spent the last two years trying to get involved with someone who was writing a veteran bill of rights. And, um, I learned that I'm not a politician and, and that that's a, you know, something that's been tried by, by more knowledgeable, smarter, more connected, uh, people than myself and, and didn't work. And then I found that the one I was doing didn't work. And, I just want to, uh, I, I want to help in whatever way I can. And, and, it, you know, I came to realize that as a filmmaker, that's probably through awareness and just, uh, I think that we can point a finger at the VA and I've done work with the VA and I've showed secretary Shulk in the film and, and pushed him and, and pushed everyone below him from, from the doctors to the brands and partnerships department to the, to the, you know, everyone who's making a difference now at the VA has, has seen the film and, you know, we'll show a hundred hundred therapists from the VA, the film this week, we've gotten involved with, uh, over 120 VSOs and, uh, we're, we're really busting our butts to try and make a difference. But, but the, you know, the thing that we can do definitively can do is, is as a society, we can come to come to recognize the, the struggles that these guys go through and, and through this film, perhaps, uh, have a greater confidence to to start a conversation with the veterans in our lives and to reach out to the neighbor or the the uncle who hasn't talked about it or or whoever that person is and and just offer them the opportunity to share 
if they if they are willing and and ready to us uh, you know to say hey i saw this movie it talked about this i i know you served i i wonder you know i wonder how it was for you how you know and tell me about your friends tell me tell me how it was tell me what you learned and and most importantly welcome home you know, yeah. find a new language to welcome these guys home yeah and I, I think you hit it on the head and i think for for veterans to share their stories and to talk about some of these things and perhaps they never spoke about it before it it has a very therapeutic effect on them and and could almost be like taking a weight off their shoulders, you know? Um, and it's, it's something that I find veterans feel like, you, you know, coming on the podcast when, when we're done talking, they're like, you know, that actually felt very good because I, I'd never talked about these things before. And, um, people will realize that kind of opening up and talking could really be a, a, a difference maker. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and it's not, not to say it's a cure. It's but, not going to cure you, but it, but it takes a load off. And like, you know, like Adam said, he found it therapeutic because he was able to examine his experience from from uh, from a distance. His life now took on a different kind of meaning in the patchwork of this film. And he's like, oh, wow, those were dark days and I'm not there anymore. And and I see how I kind of got through that. And that gives that gives him hope sitting in the audience. But but it's also there to give other people hope. And uh, and he got through that by sharing his story with David Finkel, then with me, then with the, with Miles Teller and the actors, and then with the entire film crew. And now, you know, with a larger audience. Um, and, uh, I think there's real healing in, in that sharing it, you know, as, as tribes, we used to send these warriors off and then we'd welcome them back as tribes. Yep. They would share their story around the fire and, and the tribe would take on their story. And now, and, and that's that. how, Warriors were able to come home and transition smoothly, I think. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we just don't have that opportunity now, you know. We don't even have the, the long boat ride from, from World War II where it's, you know, two months on a boat with your the boys you serve yeah. with. It's, uh, it's a hop, skip, and a jump, and you're back making pancakes for your family. Right. Right. So – you know, Jason, I want to thank you for taking out the time to do this. I know you guys are extremely busy uh, with the entire process of, of getting ready to release a film. Uh, you know, we certainly appreciate your time here. Uh, you know, I was able to see the film early and I, it's an incredible film. And I know it's going to have a huge impact because I, I remember sitting in the theater and thinking, wow, like they, this is the first movie that's really hit it on the head when we're talking about these issues. And uh, I think it's going to be reflected in the box office and, and how people are, are changing the way we approach it. So, again, you know, thank you for doing this. And, um, you know, I, I can't wait to see people's reaction for the movie. Uh, I appreciate me, it, Ben. Just to say um, thank you for the detail, the, you know, the length that you've gone to to put into it. I mean, that's I'm, I'm excited to see it. Uh, thank you. Well, I hope you guys enjoy it, and uh, I'm I'm happy to do it, and happy to come back anytime. Awesome. Great. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Great talking with Jason, and learning about some of these stories that you really don't hear about, like when he met Chris Kyle and how he hooked up with him, and then you know how he feels it's important to shine light on this issue we have with dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder or traumatic brain injury and how using this platform that he has and this movie to raise awareness and not just raise awareness, but also to show 
some of the people who are involved in uh, dealing with the mental health of veterans returning from combat, like, hey, these are the issues that veterans are facing, and here are some of the things that can be done to fix this and make it run better or smoother. And it's just really incredible. Um, You know, I was able to see this movie in advance, and I remember watching it in the theater in Manhattan and thinking, wow, this is really a game changer. And I I know that they've shown this movie to a lot of people who are in positions to affect the way things are done with the VA and uh, overall organizations that deal with mental health in the United States. So with that, we will close out this podcast. My website is www.globalrecon.net. My Instagram account is IGRecon. The second account is Black Ops Matter. I'm on Facebook at FBRecon. Chantel Taylor's account is Mission underscore Critical. Check her out there. Her Facebook account is Battle One, The Memoirs of a Combat Medic in Afghanistan. Her book is the same title, Battle One, The Memoir of a Combat Medic in Afghanistan. It's available on Amazon.com. It's a great book. As always, we encourage you to leave a review and a rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. That way, we will continue to bring you good content week after week. And we'll see you guys in a couple of days with another episode. Peace.